Hello, listeners. I'm Audrey Stratton. I'm Carmen Thorley. And this is Kitten Whiskers and Kanye, the podcast where we go into the history of and take a not-too-deep look at our favorite things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to note, or we want to let you know, that this is not a normal episode where we're going to be focusing on one topic. We are going to be focusing on a variety of our favorite things, and we're going to call it a poopery episode because that's just clever and cute. Okay? Okay. 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 Audrey, how are you doing? Oh, Carmen, I'm doing so good. Thank you for asking. Well, it's so good to hear. Yeah, I've been thinking a lot lately, and I actually, I really, mm, this has been kind of bothering me, not in a bad way, but I really need your opinion on something. Okay. It's, um, one's a hypothetical question, and then it leads to a very deep philosophical question. All right, those are my favorite kinds. Yeah, okay, so, hypothetically speaking, if you could choose any two of the top 40 female artists right now to do a cover of Salt and Peppa's None of Your Business, who would you choose? Oh, that is a weird question. Um, well, my first instinctual answer is to say Pink because I feel like mm. she kind of just embodies that it's not your business attitude, yes. you know? Yes. But I'd also really like to see someone a little bit more gentle, like uh, Sarah Bareilles or something like that, do something like oh, that. Oh, I like, like that. What if she just did like an acoustic cover or something? <laughs> I think it yeah. could be, I think it could sell. Yeah, I think so. See, my philosophical question was the first two artists that came to my mind were Nicki Minaj. Oh, yeah. And then Miley Cyrus. But of course, there's the whole, you know, what's good Miley thing. (laughs) And I don't know how well they would work together. But Mm. I think that they're good artists on their own. So, like, do you need that dynamic in order to record a good cover of this song? Or can you just pull them both in and be like, you're perfect for this? Hmm. We need you to do this. So, I mean, you're like, so that Nicki Minaj and Miley would be working together. Mm-hmm. I I think if they did that together, it would just fuel like the angst behind that. <laughs> that you think whole so? Cover. Yeah, for you sure. You think that it would be a situation of like, every time one of them says, it's none of your business, like, the other would just get extra, more, more mad. <laughs> extra meaning behind it. Yeah. <laughs> it is none of your business, Miley. Don't ask again. <laughs> Um, wait, so what's, so what's your philosophical question? Well, could they work together? Miley and Nikki? Because of their feud, yeah. Oh my gosh. I think, I think, I mean, I, I love both of those artists, honestly. I think, I think Miley Cyrus is a lot more, um, mature than she lets on. I think they could do it. If someone was going to be the hothead in that situation, though, I can see, I can see Nikki knocking Miley around for sure. (laughs) I, I honestly though I think it would work though I think the the emotions would kind of fuel what that whole song is about in the first place you know yeah yeah because I feel like our generation I mean not necessarily our generation but like the upcoming generation mm-hmm. really needs that kind of guiding force in their life of like it's none of your business mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and and I had thought for a minute that like maybe no scrub would be a good cover but like because of the whole you know oh nice guy culture like (laughs) i'm not a scrub yeah (laughs) i'm a nice guy like none of your business leaves no room for question no it doesn't it's just none of your business (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i like i like the idea of like a softer artist though i I i'm thinking i'm thinking like Nicki minaj uh, sorry Nicki minaj is going to be in there like 
for sure, okay. in my opinion. <laughs> in my opinion, there was no question. But, like, what if we brought in, like, a sample of all of the times that Julie Andrews says, <laughs> none of your business. <laughs> oh, okay. That would actually be really cool. Like, there's, there, there's kind <laughs> of a genre of music that takes old quotes or, like, old like old timey music and stuff and they kind of do a i don't know they rearrange it and kind of make it this techno track where you know the the old timey recording like the little snippet of it is just kind of like revisited over and over again and i can totally see nikki like rapping to it and then every time like sometime or maybe sometime in the middle song it's just like clips of julie andrews it's none of your business (laughs) (laughs) i think that would be an awesome juxtaposition (laughs) julie andrews especially so I guess this is my roundabout way of getting to my first thing that I love okay. for our potpourri episode, which is I love really good covers of songs. Mm-hmm. I mean, Me there's, too. When there's bad covers of songs, it's really bad. But when there's good covers of songs, they're just so good. What is the worst so cover of a song that you can think of? William Shatner, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Oh, you showed me that one. <laughs> I, I should have remembered that. Of course, you were going to say that. It, okay, uh, do we want to encourage everyone to Google whatever that is? Or? Yeah, okay. yeah, of course you are. And I think there are going to be some people that are like, no, it's awesome. It's amazing because William Because Shatner. it's William Shatner. Yeah. Uh, in which case, I'll say, okay, my second choice is pretty much any cover of Kanye West's Heartless. Yeah, I just... It's already a perfect song. Yeah, you can't... It already is. You can't... You you shouldn't change it, you know? No. No, 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 no. Yeah. So, um, my answer to that question might be, um, I remember listening... When I was an angsty teen, I listened to Dashboard Confessional all the time. And I remember this string quartet putting together arrangements for like all of their really popular songs. And I remember listening to it because I was like, it's like Dashboard, except it's classical. And I'm at a place now where I realize how much, like how much I loathe that type. The, 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 <laughs> the classical or just the piano artists that will cover pop songs, yeah. I just despise. I mean, a piano can't, it can't, it, it just... Piano is a cool instrument, but it's the the music that they're playing was not written for a piano. It's bo- it's no, it's pop it music wasn't. and it's really basic pop music. So it's not it doesn't sound good on piano or on in another orchestrated you know classical type of. I just I don't like it. <laughs> no, it's it's upsetting. Clearly, it's very upsetting. Yeah, and I feel yeah, I feel yeah. But I, I mean, since this is a favorite things episode, let's ask the question: What is your favorite cover of a song? Oh, oh, Carmen, you know this. You know that I love Prince Royce's cover yeah. of uh, yeah. Stand By Me. Yeah, I knew that. They didn't. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I And I actually, I realized something very important about this. And I almost texted you once I realized it. Mm-hmm. He says his name twice in that song. Not once. Twice. Double the Royce. Double the player. Double the Royce. And oh, really? he also says, too strong. Too strong. So nasty. Too strong. <laughs> I, I really am glad you introduced me to Prince Royce. I had heard his cover of Stand By Me before, but I didn't know it was Prince Royce. Um, but I, it, is, it is almost better than the original, wouldn't you say? I would say it absolutely is better than the original. <laughs> it's just, it is it's, the first best version of that song. <laughs> and then the original ranks like two or three. Yeah, <laughs> so. it's, it's, it's pretty good. I, I would actually say I enjoy it a lot better than the original too. Yeah. I also like... I know you didn't see the movie Trolls, but Trolls. there is a Trump. part 
in the movie where <laughs> there's a part in the movie where Justin Timberlake and Anna Kendrick sing a, a cover of True Colors. Aww. And it is like it's mellow. I also really like the group. I, I guess group. It's okay. There is this guy on YouTube. His name is Scott Bradley. And he leads this group of musicians, and they call themselves Postmodern Jukebox. Mm-hmm. And it is absolutely one of the most rad musical endeavors I have ever witnessed. Wow. They take all of these pop songs, and they do these covers of them that are done in, like, 1930s jazz style. Or, Whoa. like, 1940s, you know, Frank Sinatra crooner style. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and I, it was so funny because I was playing it at work one day. Everybody else had left. I was just finishing up. And my boss had walked in, and he had no idea what was playing. And he was talking to me, and he was just kind of not paying attention to it. But then it got to the chorus of the song, and he just stopped mid-sentence, and he was like, I've heard this song before. <laughs> I said, yes, you have. And I just kind of watched him, and he was like, where have I heard this song before? I said, just listen to the lyrics. And then he recognized it. And he was like, oh my gosh, this is a really interesting cover, isn't it? That's awesome. Yeah, I would definitely, definitely recommend checking it out. I first discovered him because of the game Bioshock Infinite. Mm-hmm. Part of the premise of the, the game is that there's a guy that's pulling music from all of these rifts in time. And so he's seeing all of this music from like way far in the future. Mm -hmm. And he's pulling it back to this 1920s setting. And the game actually, one of the first scenes that you see is this barbershop quartet singing God Only Knows by the Beach Boys. (laughs) And it is like, it's really jarring because it's very clearly 1920s. And you're like, what is this song doing here? Right. Um, Scott Bradley did a cover of Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Cool. <laughs> it's like really, really cool. I would recommend checking that out. Absolutely. Uh, spend, you know, a half hour looking at these these covers. And I also just want to note, I really like the Across the Universe soundtrack. I know that a lot of people kind of had mixed feelings about the well, movie itself. But yeah. I really, really like some of those covers. And it's almost... I love the Beatles, and it feels almost blasphemous to say that some of these covers are better than the originals but they but are some of them are i and it's hard it's a hard w- with a band like the beatles because it's just I, everyone i don't know i have my own opinions that, about the beatles that i won't get too much into but everyone feels like they are just kind of like an untouchable band but with yeah. that with their early beatles like boy band doo-wop stuff i mean the across the universe soundtrack just made those so much so much more exciting to listen to Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know yeah yeah carmen what are some of your favorite covers um i that came up at work all the time and i think it's the band uh, the disturbed they covered simon and garfunkel's sound of silence and i love that song to begin with but he i don't know his name he's the singer for the disturbed but he has the richest deepest thundering voice And it just makes the whole song sound super ominous. And I mean, it already kind of sounded that way in the beginning, but I just feel like his voice really, really captured just kind of the importance of the themes of that song. Yeah, like kind of the melancholy mood of it. Yeah. Yeah. Fun fact. Yeah. Sound of Silence was also covered in Trolls. Trolls? Really? Trolls. Who did it? Anna Kendrick. Oh, man. 
I don't know how I feel about that, actually. I really like Anna Kendrick, too. <laughs> but that's just kind of weird to me. <laughs> was it, like, done whimsically? Did they do a good job with it? No, no. It was... It was Like, like a, if you're talking about the classic, like, belly of the whale part of the storyline. Mm-hmm. Like, that's when it was Okay, done. so it was, it, was, it was appropriate, I suppose. Yeah, it was appropriate. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of pop music that's put into the film, and some of it is done really well. And some of them just... <sighs> Oh, some of them are really bad. Some of them are really cringy. I think True Colors kind of makes up for it. Yeah. But they cover a lot of different songs. One of them is just, it's so bad. It's so bad. It's Clint Eastwood by the Gorillas, And Mm. like, I just don't feel like, (laughs) how does that? Gorillas? I don't feel like Gorillas make music to be covered. To put it, to be covered. You can't, don't cover them. Don't cover them, yeah. first of all, to begin with. I, You're well, not going to do it as well as they do. Yeah, to be and fair, I think most, I think most like, bands intend that. I think most bands intend that their music just be, sure. well, yeah, you know. Yeah, but then to put it on screen is just... It's a little weird. It's bizarre. It's bizarre. It's yeah. pretty weird. Um, I also really enjoyed... Uh, this, uh, there, it was the trailer for The Social Network, and it was the children's choir covering <sighs> Creep by Radiohead. That yeah. one was gorgeous. I still like the original better, I'm going to have to say, but the it I just it was a completely different song to listen mm-hmm. to. When you have these children singing and it sounds really it sounds really celestial and just really it's uh, it's excellent. I mean, if you just look up a trailer for the social network, I'm sure you could find it. It is gorgeous. Yeah, and I remember when it came out anyway and I remember seeing the trailer for it and mm-hmm. Actually, that was about the time that I was being introduced to that genre of music mm-hmm. anyway. So I was fairly new to the song. Right. And then hearing a cover of it, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's kind of cool. So I, I'd like to explain what I think makes a good cover. Um, okay, yeah. I, so Michael and I are attempting to cover, and we've actually got some of it recorded. We're attempting to cover FML by Kanye on, uh, on a... Life of Pablo. It was it was the Kanye song that made me into a Kanye fan. It was the first Kanye song that I fell in love with. And what we want what we're trying to do is we're trying to like take aspects like our favorite details about the song and still make them in our cover, but we're trying to just completely build from scratch the whole entire thing. You know, keep the chords, mm-hmm. keep some details, but just make it your own. And I I want to mention Rihanna did a cover of a Tame Impala song. I believe it was called new person same old mistakes and tame impala is awesome and it's an awesome song and she did a she did a good job but when you listen to those songs like back to back until the voice comes in and even when you do hear the voice you hear tame impala or you hear rihanna you cannot tell the difference between either of them like they it she 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 made it the exact same song and i mean i I actually, I don't like that kind of, I don't like that kind of cover. And maybe she just wanted his exact same song in her album, but she just wanted to record it herself. But I think covers are supposed to, like, you're supposed to make your own. The point of a cover is to cover, like, to cover the song. Like, to... Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, to put it through a, a filter of your style of music you know i think the uh the songs that we've mentioned our favorite covers all follow that kind of idea of making it your own keeping details and obviously keeping the chord progressions so it's the same song Mm -hmm. but just making it a little bit unique and maybe molding it to the genre that you're more accustomed to you know yeah yeah so what you're saying is if in a parallel universe 
we get a B-52s cover of <laughs> Kanye West's Heartless. It would actually be the best cover of that song. I, I mean, I will have to say I'd definitely be interested to hear it. <laughs> In the night I hear the them song. talk the coldest Cold story, story ever, ever told. told. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be something else. I, I love it when a different genre will take a completely, like, opposite genre. I mean, like I said, like, with Radiohead, it's just that grunge band, and then you have a children's yeah. choir. I mean, what? But it yeah. works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's one of your favorite things, Carmen? You take a turn. Um, I, I really like Spongebob. <laughs> I mean, can we talk about Spongebob for a sec? <laughs> Sure. Um, <laughs> not just sure. Sorry, that sounds like reluctant. I do want to talk about SpongeBob. Audrey for and a I are really big SpongeBob fans, and we've we've seen more of like the earlier kind of seasons, the than later stuff. So I I'm not super caught up with where the series is now. But those first three or four seasons are just some of the funniest thing. Like They're some so of the happiest funny. memories too. Like watching TV. I just. <laughs> I mean, my happiest memories aren't watching TV, but the happiest memories I have watching TV are, it's yes. always Spongebob. Yes. It's always yeah, Spongebob. Yeah. The whole entire thing. I remember I had, I have DVDs of the first two seasons and I was so obsessed with the songs that they wrote in the, like in the show, like the ripped pants song or the greasy <laughs> spoon song. I kept a list and lyrics, like written lyrics of all the songs that they sang. And, um, you know, you have F is for friends who do stuff together, that one. Yes, but yeah. there are yeah. <laughs> there there are a ton of songs in there. And um, most, I mean, I'm thinking most notably, they didn't write it for this one, but I'm thinking of the marching band episode. The, they sing Sweet <laughs> yes. Victory. Best, best Spongebob moment ever. The most grand, just beautiful moment ever to be experienced in Spongebob. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I actually, this is one of those weird... It's one of those weird moments where I remember the first time I watched Spongebob so vividly Mm -hmm. (laughs) that I don't know if, like, I knew that I was watching something special at the time. Yep. But I actually watched the first time that the first episode aired. Oh. It was, yeah, (laughs) it was after the Kids' Choice Award. And (laughs) it's kind of unusual because my parents didn't normally let us watch TV on Sundays, Mm -hmm. and that's when the awards were held. Right. But for some reason, they let us watch it that day, and they let us keep watching television because this new, funny, like, highly promoted show was going to show after that, mm-hmm. immediately after that. And so I watched the very first episode of SpongeBob, the very first time it aired, and I just remember being 10 years old and blown away by how funny it was. It is, a, it and is it was, so, so it underrated. Was the, <laughs> it was the line, I remember, it was the line where... Mr. Krabs and Squidward send Spongebob out as a test for, you know, his, his employment to go get a spatula. And it was a hydrodynamic spatula with port and starboard attachments and turbo drive. And turbo drive. And, and Spongebob, you know, later in the episode, once the anchovies start taking over mm-hmm. the restaurant, he comes flying in on it. And saves the day. To find, and I just remember he's like, and turbo drive, and he hits the button, and sure enough, those port and starboard attachments start spinning around, and I think it hits one of the oh two. Oh my gosh! I yeah, it smacks Squidward and then it in the face. Straight, with us. It goes straight into the song. Um, yep, living in the sunlight, yep. loving in the moonlight, and Tiny I was Tim. in love with that song. Yeah, the the other the, uh, man, the music that oh, that Tiny Tim he did 
that and then one other song I think is super featured on Spongebob that is one of just the funniest scenes and it's because of that music it's just mm-hmm. like this manic really really high male voice <laughs> it is so funny yeah I Tiny Tim is awesome and if you actually if you google you can or you can find him on YouTube his performance of either living in the sunlight or the other one that he did it is fascinating to watch he is a really peculiar dude (laughs) yeah that i remember i remember my brother showed me um the trailer for spongebob like there was like a nickelodeon little sneak peek or something and it was the scene where i don't know where spongebob was going to work but then patrick is on the underside of his rock he's like bye spongebob and then the rock falls down and smashes him (laughs) i remember him showing me that little sneak peek he's like this is apparently going to be like a really good show i just want to show you i was like that looks like the dumbest thing i've ever seen (laughs) and i i maybe i think i watched the first episode a little late after it was premiered but i just i was so wrong (laughs) yeah yeah and since we are kind of keeping to like the first three or four seasons Mm -hmm. I'm even going to go ahead and say that a lot of those episodes were also really smart. Oh, yeah. And I feel that's probably why I think you and I kind of stopped watching it and why when we make references to it, we only talk about those first few seasons. It changed a little bit. It did. It did change. And I mean, it's just natural Mm -hmm. that shows that run for a long time change. But there's definitely I feel definitely quite a bit of nostalgia for those first few yeah, seasons it was it was a smart show i i want to start rewatching it again just to you know pick up on some stuff i remember watching the the episode where he's on the flying dutchman ship and they do the whole little little thing you know <laughs> and i my dad was watching over my shoulder and just cracking up and i was just like oh my gosh like my dad is laughing at a cartoon what yeah and it's because yeah. it's a smart show yeah it is there's the episode where SpongeBob accidentally shrinks everybody in town. Oh my with gosh! Mermaid Man's and it belt. just snowballs and out of control. <laughs> it snowballs out of control. But the thing that I think is so like the funniest joke in that episode is Patrick explaining mm-hmm. to, <laughs> to SpongeBob the word wumbo. <laughs> well, here's the and problem. he conjugates <laughs> he conjugates it for him. My, like you know, wumbo. I wumbo, you wumbo, he, she, wumbo. Wumbology? It's, <laughs> it's something that you only pick up if you've ever taken like a high school language class mm-hmm. where you're conjugating the verbs and it mm-hmm. goes in that order. Yep, you have to do I, I you, he, you, she, and yep. then you go into the plural. And so I'm like... <laughs> it is just so goofy. I think Patrick is one of the like s- smartest idiotic characters because he, mm-hmm. he has a lot of really good one-liners. There's the the inner mechanisms of my mind are an enigma. <laughs> and then it shows his little thought bubble of a carton of milk tipping over. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he has a lot of he has a lot of really unwittingly smart lines and it's just so funny coming out of him. <laughs> There's the episode where they're selling chocolate and SpongeBob tells Patrick to be like a little bit more like kind and make the the customer or the potential customer feel mm-hmm. You know, like you care about yeah. them, and so the first thing that comes out of his mouth after that is, "I love you." <laughs> I love you. <laughs> He's so. Oh my gosh! Oh, that is such a good show. I wonder where. Uh, where could we watch episodes without having to just buy seasons? It's not on Netflix anywhere, is it? I don't know. Hulu? Maybe Nick. Maybe Hulu. I don't know. I think. Yeah. Uh, I think that's worth figuring out. I'm probably gonna find out where I can watch those. I just have so many fun memories with that show. Waiting, yeah. watching, watching like four hours of marathon to get the Krabby Patty secret formula. 
and it just <laughs> gypped me. It did, it did. I had to spend four hours watching Spongebob. Like, I, you know, I didn't do that normally every day. <laughs> but I, I did it I did it for this one, and I, it just, I, it was a huge letdown. But again, another super clever, like, way to promote the show, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, your turn, Audrey. Okay, another thing that I love is romance novel summaries oh my gosh of course (laughs) okay you have to explain that one time you came and gave me donuts and stuff okay so i was having a really really rough day and there's a lot of personal things that i'm not going to go into but it was one of those days where like if i and i don't drink but if i had hard alcohol on hand i definitely would have taken a couple of shots because it was like this is something that i don't know how to deal with properly And of course, this is something that I found out while I was at work. Mm -hmm. So I don't have any hard alcohol. I'm not going to drink anyway. I left work once everything was done. And I came back with donuts. And uh, Carmen was the one finishing up that day. And I gave her a donut. And I just unloaded my problems on her. (laughs) And then I was like, okay, I'm done with this. I need to like lift the mood somehow. Mm -hmm. And every... Day, I get a email from a program called BookBub, mm-hmm. and what they do is they send emails for ebook bargains for the day, and they'll only send you bargains for books that you are interested in in the genre that you're interested in. Mm-hmm. So you fill out this survey when you sign up for the service, and it's a free service. And I swear I don't remember checking paranormal romance <laughs> as part of the survey. <laughs> okay uh, but are you being honest (laughs) i i mean i may i may have clicked like paranormal and romance separately and they think that it's the same and maybe they combine the two but i don't like because i know what i'm getting into with romance novels and Mm -hmm. i don't read them but i'll read them if they're like done well sure you know like you know new york times bestseller you know but not the harlequin stuff so i ended up with all of these emails and they're sending me these summaries of books that they're like, you're going to be interested in this. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know how to tell them that, no, I'm really not interested. But I really I want love you to keep, a lot yeah. of these summaries. So I actually, I keep some of the best emails and I'm going to pull it up here in a second. All right. Here's a summary from one of the emails that I have. All right. It's, and I, I just, I love everything about it. I love the pseudonyms that these authors take, Mm -hmm. and I love the titles, and I love the summaries. And the summaries in these emails have to be a lot shorter than the ones that are on, like, their Amazon or their Google page. Right. (laughs) And in some places it's better, in some places it's worse. So here's an example. It's called The Reaper's Kiss by Abigail Baker. Ooh. Ollie is a scrivener. She hands out death marks that signal a person's demise. When she experiences an unexpected surge of power, she'll attract the attention of sexy Reaper Brent. As they work to take down a menacing figure, will their scorching attraction complicate their mission? Oh my gosh. Will it? Will it? Will it stop their mission? You have to read to find out. I don't know. Oh man, I I can't commit to that. (laughs) I, I, I don't read romance novels, but I... I, uh, man, I, I did read Twilight and I enjoyed, I enjoyed Twilight for just exactly what it was. Um, mm-hmm. but I never 
got into those just like really, I don't want to say, I don't want to say smut, but just. I, that's what they are. It's just kind of just this really hastily written kind of cheaply put together story that just has really hot and heavy sections all throughout it, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... I understand it's, why the genre sells, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all the same stuff, right? Like, it's... The ultimate goal is to get to the sexy times. Right. It's just the framing is different for all of them. So you have to figure out, like, all of these different... Situations. Situations in which you get from, you know... And the best part is it's usually two people that, like hate each other or they're forced into a situation that they don't want to be in oh yeah you know there's the attraction that overcomes them right and jeez so that's why i love these that's why i love these summaries so much here's creatus by carmen de souza when christina spelled with the k jumps off a bridge derek also spelled with a k (laughs) saves her with his secret supernatural ability but when a government agency acquires footage of the incident, the world may never be the same. Oh, man. Oh, I hate that closing sentence. <laughs> the world may never be the same is such a... Oh, man. Okay, I'm interested. I, I like to know what happens. They, they do a good <laughs> job writing their summaries. I'm, I'm curious. Okay, okay. Here's another one, and this is part of a series. The, and some of these, they have to really stretch to make things unique. And so we get a lot of names that are just like, you cannot pronounce them. This is from a series called The Empress of Myth. <laughs> the word is spelled M-Y-S-T-H. Okay. And this first book is called Angel's Lust. <laughs> Summary says, savage angels have turned Earth into their hunting ground. To save all Earthborns, the fey princess Rhodes sees seeds to the marriage demands of the king of angels, knowing she won't survive the wedding night. When she comes to Atlantis to find a secret weapon to banish angels from our planet, she awakens the darkest lust in the king's lethal brother. Oh, what? Oh, no, it doesn't end there. (laughs) The most formidable angel comes across the universe and finds her. He will stop at nothing to possess her, even if he must fall. The high prince offers Rose an indecent proposal. Sleep with him once, and he'll keep her safe. Rose will turn his urge against him and destroy the angel's house, while unbridled lust burns the prince. It <clears throat> also torments her. Oh, man. I think... There's there's a lot going on There's there. a lot going on. And yeah, like you said, the whole... The story is almost secondary. I, I'm always really impressed with how clever these kinds of... Like, this type of novel is. There's always... It's always just, like, this really random situation that I don't think would ever really... Like, one, you have, like, the space love or the angel stuff. But, I mean... It's all just the story secondary to the the end point, which is the mm-hmm. like the sex part, which is just why the, I think the stories just really fail. <laughs> but they have really intriguing like origins, you know. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like who? All right, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do one more here. Okay. This one is by an author called or her name's Terry Spear. The book is titled Seal Wolf in Too Deep. Now, it is seal spelled in all caps, so as in, like, the special ops seal. Oh, got it. You um, mean, like, so shouting in... seal? Like, seal! No, 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 no. <laughs> Isn't that what all caps means? <laughs> special ops, seal wolf in too deep. As a Navy seal, 
Alpha Wolf Shifter Alan can handle difficult situations, but resisting his new diving partner may be the toughest yet. Oh. <laughs> dun dun dun! Spoiler alert! They're gonna do it. They're gonna do it eventually. It's gonna happen. <laughs> it's gonna happen. And like, there's kind of this rabbit hole if you go on to Amazon and like you look at some of these summaries, and you know how you can scroll down, and it also says like customers who also brought this item also bought or like sponsor products related to this item Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you just go down this rabbit hole of like all of these books that you buy for 99 cents because nobody's gonna no one else is gonna be nope no one else is gonna be reading them yeah Uh, and like they get wild there's one that um okay nope i'm kidding this is gonna be the last one okay (laughs) This one is um, from a series called Shifters of the Midnight Sun uh, by Sadie Snow. And the title of this, this is the second in the series. The title of this is Even a Moose Needs a Mate. Freya and Max survived the battle at McCarthy, but a new threat to the Denali pack leaves Freya with little time to grieve. Mac tries to go easy on Freya, but his love for her won't be denied. When a mysterious woman appears in town during the Winter Solstice Festival, the pack defends her and sets a murderer with an axe to grind on a collision course with the big moose shifter as he tries to win Freya's heart. Mac lost someone close to his heart before in a painful, terrible accident. This time, he fights to save the woman around him and welcome a new moose shifter into the world. Ah, snap. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Somebody got preggers in the first book. Whoa. Okay. Well, that is a vital detail. Yeah. Hold on. Okay. So if I heard, so these are moose shifters, you said? I I think so. Why moose? (laughs) I know that like wolves is kind of (laughs) overplayed, but why moose? I mean, they're pretty terrifying. Yeah, they're really scary, but also I don't take them seriously at all. No, it's hard (laughs) to take them seriously. Like, (laughs) they're terrifying, but they're one of those animals that's like, because nobody actually encounters them, at least not where we live Uh and not in like, you know, the main part of the United States. It's different, obviously, in Alaska. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, I am probably never going to encounter a moose in my life. So it's really easy to just like, make it super cute. Right. Moose are I, cute. They, I mean, honestly, yeah, I guess cartoons and character, caricatures of moose are cute, but yeah, they, they're pretty vicious. <laughs> oh, man, even a moose needs a mate. I, I'm, you know, I guess that's true. I'm not, I can't fight with that logic, honestly. <laughs> even a moose. Oh, man. What's another one of your favorite things? Okay. I don't know. I don't know how you, you're going to, oh, man. I don't know how you're going to feel about it, but one of my favorite things is Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being serious. Nicholas Cage. Oh, Nicholas Cage. I'm sorry. Okay. I, and I have to I have to explain. So there's um I and okay, so he did the he did this movie Raising Arizona and it was a really it was a serious it's acting a goofy. movie. I mean, it's a goofy movie. Yes, but it's I mean it's him act like his acting is actually really like good and like respectable. And uh-huh. I think, like, that's nice and everything, but I think the Nick Cage that most people, like, hate is exactly the one that I love. It's the Nick Cage that's just off, just off, 
the hook and just kind of go I don't know he he's one of those characters I think that just kind of lets himself go in a scene he really gets himself he is the character I there's okay I so there's this movie and I I haven't seen it but I've seen some key scenes it's called Bad Lieutenant and there's this there's this scene in that movie where um I there's this guy that they're they're in I don't know the exact situation but they're in a room and this this guy is um he's he's shot and he he dies and nick cage is just looking at me and he's just like shoot him again what his soul <laughs> is still dancing and then it goes and shows the, the ghost of the guy that was just killed just dancing i and there's the i and then of course there's a the wicker man if you've seen that i think that has yeah. the most famous well, nick seen, is off, yeah, yeah. I, I think that, i haven't seen the movie but i think everybody knows because it was a meme for a while oh yeah that movie can it, you cannot take that movie seriously and i just think it is one of the funniest like non-intentional funny movies i've ever seen and nick cage is just hysterical he's trying to be serious throughout this whole entire thing but he's just so over the top that oh my gosh it is so good he is crazy he's crazy <laughs> i love him yeah i now, my husband is five years older than I am, which, as we age, is not a huge age gap. Right. But it does mean that our childhoods were quite different. Mm -hmm. And so whenever I talk to him about Nick Cage, like, to me, one of my first major encounters with Nicolas Cage was with National, National Treasure, Treasure, which is, like, such a silly movie. And again, like, he... He's acting serious, but I don't know if he's but you intentionally can't. acting like this is a serious scene, but he you knows just it's can't not. Take him seriously. Or if he's actually like taking it seriously because it is a children's film. Right. Yeah. Even if it wasn't necessarily marketed as that, it is a children's film. It's yeah, so that was my first encounter with Nick Cage too, and it is it's hard to it's kind of hard to just hold in your laughter in it because it's he is trying to be serious and it's just so over the top. I just, he commits. I don't, I don't, I think he's a good actor, but even when people, when he, even when he has his bad acting moments, you have to say that the man commits and he really, he really tries to get into his character's head to the point like yeah. where he just goes, he, he's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah. Anyway. So yeah, Nick, my husband sees a much different version of Nicolas Cage than I do mm -hmm. and again it's because like national treasure was my starting point but i guess in the 90s in the early 90s he was like a really serious action star yeah he was being considered seriously for certain roles that most of us would look at now and we're like no. not nick cage now <laughs> not nick right <laughs> yeah he's i i i yeah i think he's hit and miss with some stuff but i really do just have I just have a certain amount of respect for someone that's just really willing to let the crazy go. Because I really do think he has some crazy in him. And he, he always tries to fuel the crazy into his crazy characters. And it just, it's really convincing. <laughs> You're doing a really good job, Nick. <laughs> yeah, I actually love him so much that I put a sticker of his face on the bottom of my water bottle. So every time I tip my water bottle over to take a drink, Nick is smiling at whoever whoever is unfortunate enough to be sitting across from me. It is my favorite sticker. Michael got one too. It's on his computer actually. Yeah, we we love to I I love to be confused by Nick Cage. He's one of my he's one of my favorite things for sure. Uh what about you, Adrew? Do do another favorite thing. Mm, 
I'm going to do two because I don't have a lot to say about either of them. Okay. Uh, the first is I love birthday cake flavored ice cream. Oh, oh yes. I, I just, I first encountered it when I was in high school and Cold Stone actually was redoing their flavor at the time. I guess there was like some sort of health concern with their previous formula. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it wasn't there. And the first time I went to Cold Stone, my friends were like, oh no, but this is what I want. Yeah. And I was like, why? That sounds gross. <laughs> <laughs> and then when it came back, it was like, yay, it's back. And so I tried it out of curiosity. And like ever since then, I just, I love that flavor right. so much. I love sprinkles. I love like brownie bits yeah. if they're ever added in. And yeah. just like nothing, the taste. Nothing invokes like the child in me than cake flavored stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Every once in a while I'll go to Cold Stone and I'll get the birthday cake remix Mm. mix and it is just it's sweet it's just sweet yeah that's i mean that's what i want in ice cream you know yeah i love it i love it so much and i'm like sugar bomb heart attack (laughs) you gotta get a sugar bomb man and cold stone is probably the best the best place to do that yeah i always went to cold stone and got the sweet cream and then the cheesecake stirred in and sweet cream pretty much tasted like cake batter yeah 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 i also like dresses with pockets oh man you took mine Oh, no. I was seriously... Well, oh, go ahead. Oh. It's okay. <laughs> no, let's talk about it then. Okay. It's Just because it's my favorite thing doesn't mean it can't be your it can, favorite thing. It can thing. be our favorite thing. It can thing. be our favorite thing. I think that's every girl's favorite thing. I saw this... I saw a, a, a meme, I guess you would call it, that was just like, pockets are the difference between taking a dress from, oh, that's cute, to, no way, it has pockets, let me see. <laughs> and every yes. girl, when like when a girl says you have a cute dress, and you're like, thanks, it has pockets, just look at their face, and I guarantee they will ask like to see the pockets. Like, stick your hands yes. in the pockets. <laughs> it's just because it's, it, I, I don't even think it's that rare anymore, it's just so special. It is, well, and just because it's not necessarily rare anymore doesn't mean that the, like newness of the concept hasn't worn off it's exciting <laughs> yeah and i love i love wearing dresses to begin with oh yeah but yeah. i love it when i go out and i'll pass by someone and you know this this actually happened to me in the bookstore this woman passed by and she's like oh hey i like your dress and i said oh hey i like yours too and the very first words out of her mouth were thanks it has pockets yep. and she just <laughs> shoved her hands into the pockets and i was like oh, nice so does mine! <laughs> and I shoved my hands into my pockets. It's so exciting! Like, it's great! Like, there's nothing better than just being able... I I get out of my car and just being able to put my keys and my phone in my pocket and just, like, walk. And, and just, I, it seems mm-hmm. so silly, but it's just so liberating to not have to... I mean, you can still hold a purse with, when you have a dress with pockets, obviously, but you don't have to. <laughs> right. Well, and there's also that kind of, I guess, psychology of, like... I want my phone on my person mm-hmm. at all times. So it's either in my back pocket if I'm wearing jeans or it's in one of my pockets when I'm wearing a dress. Right. And unfortunately, I do own a couple of dresses that don't have pockets. And so when that happens, it's just devastating. Like you have to carry am... around your bag with you everywhere? Yeah. I have to carry around my bag because I have to have a bag because I'm not leaving my phone at home. Oh yeah. I'm not leaving my chapstick at home. Obviously if I'm going to go out, I need my keys mm-hmm. and it's just so infuriating. Cause like, what if I just need to go pick up something at the grocery store? If that were the case, then I'll even just like, I won't even take my full wallet. I'll just 
take my debit card yeah. and I'll run to the store and I'll just put everything in my pockets and then I'll come back and I'll put everything back. But when I don't have pockets, what are you supposed to do? I can't do that. It's so <laughs> it frustrating. It feels like a process. Yeah. It's, it's super frustrating. I think, and you know, there is this kind of stupid not to be taken seriously, but kind of like, huh, maybe it's true conspiracy that, uh, pockets in women's clothing are either non-existent or so small because the they want to sell you bags too and i just yeah. i just think that is the stupidest thing i've ever heard i feel like i feel like if you have pockets and you're still a like if you're a bag carrier and you still and you get a dress with pockets i feel like you're still going to be a bag carrier there are a lot of women yeah. that like take accessorizing with bags and purses really seriously and i <laughs> Maybe, I don't know, maybe business would go down, but I don't really care. I deserve pockets. No. I have things to carry. Yeah. yeah. Like, I... And I always admire when people are like, they just go the whole nine yards mm-hmm. to accessorize and dress up. It wasn't until, like, the last maybe four or five years that I finally it finally clicked in my head. Like, oh, I understand why girls will buy so many shoes because shoes are a part of the outfit. Yeah. I had never considered shoes to be part of an outfit before. I was just like, all I need is shoes that sneakers, cover sandals, dress shoes. Yeah. Utility. That's it. Like I just, I need something on my feet and I can just use those three pairs. And then I realized first of all, how cheap shoes can be. And I was like, Oh no, wait, like they're actually a part of the outfit. Mm-hmm. And so I can really respect when people buy purses or bags to be part of their outfit. Right. My great grandmother did that. And she was the classiest lady that I have ever known in my life. Right. But if you're not a bag carrier, which I am barely a purse carrier, I own one purse and I'm like, doesn't matter if it doesn't match. Right. This is my purse. <laughs> yeah. It's. I... And, and because of that, if I can get away with pockets, like I will absolutely just default to pockets. Mm-hmm. Right. So since I hijacked yours, go ahead and drop another one on me. Okay. Mine is going to be short too. Um, at least this one is. One of my favorite things is, and you don't have to do it now, but you could if you, in fact, yeah, do it now. Okay. okay <laughs> All right. Okay. So if you go to www.td4w button. Like spell out the word button? T, yeah, button, like B-U-T-T-O-N.com. Are you there? Yes. Press it. Press the button. Turn down for what? <laughs> 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 Isn't that pretty good? Okay. Yeah, we're gonna have to skip ahead like 30 seconds because this is what I'm doing for the next 30 seconds. Okay, that, that's cool. <laughs> there's okay, there's another one that you're really going to like. Um if you go look, okay, it says okay, type in inception um dot Dave P E D U Dot com. Now press that. Press that button. Clippy? Clippy, what you doing, bud? <laughs> What's Clippy doing? I love Clippy. Clippy's one of my favorite things. <laughs> Clippy says, I see you're trying to add more drama to your life. How <laughs> <Okay>, can I assist? <laughs> 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 Now Clippy's shoveling papers. Clippy's doing Hold his job. Hold on a second. 
<laughs> I love this website. I've had these two. I've had these two bookmarked: the Inception one and the Turn Down for Weapon. I have them bookmarked. So just if I'm ever on my laptop and someone says something like Inception-y, I can just immediately, I can immediately press it. I have it. I have the, the power of who can. I have the power of Hans Zimmer, like at my fingertips. <laughs> you know, because he totally invented the blat horn sound, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, this is my favorite one. Oh my gosh. Okay. Speaking of websites that I would recommend that you check out, uh, there is a website. It's something that you need to take a lot of time to get through. So I would recommend setting aside like an hour or so Mm -hmm. to get through all of it. But just Google what's wrong with the future of football. And if you Google that, it'll take you to a website um, that's www.sbnation.com and if it works correctly um, it'll take you to a very interactive site that cool has a lot of really uh, interesting concepts that it goes into yeah. much more deep than you would have initially expected it to so I would definitely recommend that yeah for sure I'm going to keep it bookmarked I'm curious mm-hmm. is it actually about football no, you don't want to spoil anything. Yes. For me. <laughs> I mean, yes. Saying yes is not the wrong answer. Okay. It's not the complete answer, but it's not the wrong answer. All right. <laughs> You're just dilly dallying around. I don't even know what I'm trying I, to say. <laughs> I, it's it is something that I think you will find special. Okay. Honestly, it's something that I found special. Yeah, I trust and you. And so I don't want to go too much into it. It's kind of like. Oh, I'm going to bring this up now. It's kind of like Over the Garden Wall when I recommended that to you. Oh, and I was yeah, like, I don't want to talk about you it. You just need to But I need it. you to just watch it. it. Right. Well, yes. I trust you. I will I'll definitely check this out probably tonight. All right. We have time for, I think, maybe one more favorite thing. Okay. Um, tell me a favorite thing. Tell, tell, oh, my tell, gosh. Tell me. Oh, it's so stressful. Okay. Um, one of my other favorite things... Uh, I'd like to say just Reddit as a whole. I think Reddit is just the best part of the internet. But I'm going to choose a specific, um, or I'm going to choose some specific subreddits. Uh, one of them is Contagious Laughter, which is just exactly what it sounds like. Um, I I remember watching all the videos on the top all time list of that one and just having tears streaming down my face because there's something about watching people just laugh out of control. You can't help mm-hmm. it. And I know it kind of applies like when you see someone smiling, you're smiling too. But it carries on to like if you see someone laughing hysterically, you have to laugh with them. It is so funny to watch yeah, people just yeah. struggle to just get a hold of themselves. Oh, absolutely. There are... There are a couple of YouTube series that I will not watch unless I'm watching them with Nick. Because on their own, they're still really funny. Mm-hmm. But when I'm watching them with Nick, like, again, tears streaming <laughs> down my face. Like, cannot breathe. And it's so it's so much fun. One of them, I'm just going to throw it out there. Mm-hmm. One of them that I love is the series called Monster Factory. It's from the Polygon channel. Mm-hmm. And it's these two guys that create characters from RPGs where you can do like custom character creation in these video games. And they have this rule, no middle sliders. And so they take all of the like features and they go extreme on one end or the other. Uh And they try to make the most horrific looking character that you have ever seen in a video game. (laughs) And I discovered this last Christmas, which Christmas is hard at the bakery. 
And it's not to say that I don't like it. It's just hard. Yeah, I understand. To get through it. I understand. (laughs) And there were days where I was like, okay, I've got to be back to work in like six hours. I guess I've got to go to sleep. But sometimes I made bad choices. And (laughs) And didn't sleep. And didn't sleep. But this was one of those days where I didn't sleep and it was a good choice. Uh, Go ahead and Google the final Pam. P-A-M. And just like look at some of those images that, that pop up. Oh. What? What is this? Is is the final Pam like a play on the final boss? No, they they have to come up with appropriate names oh. for the characters. I hate it. <laughs> but you can see what I mean by like these features are just so horrific. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's pretty and good. I, yeah, I think I think the final Pam is probably the most notable of all of the characters that they do and instead of doing one episode for the final Pam, they ended up doing like three or four. Mm-hmm. And just the whole time, Nick and I are laughing so hard that we're like almost nauseous. <laughs> honestly. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, man. So yeah, like that's that's definitely a contagious laughter. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to watch that mm-hmm. with some, like if you're going to watch that, watch it with someone because it is so freaking funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another sub. Hit me with another oh, sub. Another sub. Um, let's see. We have reversed rescue gifts, which again, it's very self-explanatory. And you won't realize why it's funny until you're watching it. I, it looks unnatural, of course, because the footage is reversed. I just, I know, I know how to explain it, but I don't want to explain it. It's, it's... Oh, I'm, I, I'm in front of a computer. I can look it up. Like you have, you know, you have this guy pulling puppies. Let's see. Let's see what the first one is, actually. The first one that I'm seeing is a man and a kangaroo. What's this kangaroo going to do? Oh, no, the kangaroo's... Oh, no! The man just put a kangaroo in the hole. I know, it's so it's so weird to watch because you know that it's actually, like, it's a happy ending, but you're watching this. Yeah. You're like, there's this one about this guy taking puppies out of, like, this really deep hole that's about to flood. In reverse, you just see him shoving puppies down a hole to drive. It's just, like, the worst. But it's so funny for some reason, and you don't know why because it's just so horrific to watch. Oh, man, maybe it just has to do with, like, the unnatural movements of it being in reverse, but it is so funny to me. Um, yes. Oh, here's... This might be the one you were talking about. Heartless human attempts to drown dogs. Yeah, that's probably it. Um, yep. Oh, man. He's taking such good care of this yep. dog just to lower it down to this, this, like, this oh, water pit. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. no. <laughs> oh, no. And that's that's oh, your life now. no. <laughs> yeah, that's a big bummer. Um, um, another one more sub one true God is just where uh, people worship Nick Cage. So I feel obligated oh. to um, include it in here. I don't have much to say. Just check it out. I mean, just people think Nick Cage is the one true God. and <laughs> It's pretty funny. I, I don't spend a whole lot of time on Reddit, but I do like Reddit. And my most recent favorite sub is children falling over. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you told me about this one. It's nothing but gifts of children that are falling over. And, like, they don't... The ones that are upvoted are usually the ones where you're like, okay, they're going to be okay. Like, there's none of kids where you're like, oh my gosh, that children's, like, going to die. Right, it's just watching how funny it is when kids (laughs) and their disproportionate bodies 
just fall over. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a pretty good one. Um, one other one that I want you to look up before before we close is Dogberg, D like D O G B E R G. It's a subreddit, and I I don't want to say anything. I just want to hear you. Do, yeah, do top all time, and just I want to I want to hear you watching all these. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh no! Oh no! I don't, and I, the, I have no reason why it's called. Oh wait, I do. It's a wrestling thing. <laughs> Dogberg is a wrestling thing. So anyway, Audrey's watching these, but I'll tell the listeners that the sub is just of dogs just plowing humans over, just <laughs> knocking them over and just bailing. And I guess Dogberg's, Dogberg is a reference to something in wrestling, which I don't know anything about wrestling except that I love The Rock. Okay, well, I think we've kind of reached time, but thank you so much for doing this fun little potpourri episode with me, Carmen. Yeah, I'm glad we did. There were just lots of topics that we wanted to talk about but couldn't commit a whole episode to, so... Yeah, I'm glad we were able to, to cover some of them. For sure. So thanks for joining us, listeners. Yep. And until next time, I'm Audrey Stratton. I'm Carmen Thorley. And this has been Kitten Whiskers and Kanye. Bye!